should serve the least of these. Now, James and John, two of the disciples, uh, wanted to sit at either side of God. And so they kind of snuck up to Jesus and said, hey, is there any way that we can sit next to either side of God? And, and then all of a sudden, the other disciples catch wind of this and they think, hey, what are you talking about? How do you get to sit next to God? And so they were a little upset about that. That, that is the backdrop for this particular miracle. So I want you to keep that in mind as we begin reading because Jesus is going to give them a real-life display of what it, what it looks like to serve the least of these. Okay, Begin reading in verse 46. And they came to Jericho. They were going to Jerusalem at this time, but they came to Jericho. And as he, that is Jesus, was leaving Jericho, so keep in mind, Jesus is now walking out of the town. And so whatever he did in the town at that moment, he was on his way out. And whoever else needed a miracle, this was the last resort to touch, with, to touch have some contact with Jesus. So he's leaving the town of Jericho with his disciples and a, and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, while he was doing this, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Now, let's, let's talk about Bartimaeus. Who is he? Well, he's desperate, obviously, to see, isn't he? He'd like to see. He's been... Uh, he's been blind, but also being this beggar, he's, all, he's economically challenged. And so he is what Jesus would say is a least of these. He's blind, he's poor, he needs help. Jesus just talked about someone like Bartimaeus. So verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. And say, now this word cry out is the word krazo. Krazo, it means to scream. So he's not just kind of saying, Jesus, Jesus, I'm over here. He is screaming with the top of his lungs. And this is what he's screaming. He says, Jesus, son of David. And that son of David it is, a, is a messianic title. He's acknowledging who Jesus is, that he is the Savior. He's the Redeemer. He's come. He's saying, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. And again, I'm not screaming like probably he was screaming. He was letting it out. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Now, it's important that this be silent is an imperfect tense. It's, and imperfect has this continual action. So that he's continually, the crowd is continually telling him to be quiet. Stop it, Bartimaeus. Stop it. This is Jesus. Quit doing that. Quit crying out. But what happened? But he cried out all the more. He didn't stop. He kept saying, son of David, have mercy on me. He continued to scream as we see him. That also is in the imperfect tense. And so at this point, no one could stop Bartimaeus from getting Jesus' attention. Because when you're desperate, you're going to cry out. Verse 49, and Jesus stopped. He kept crying, he kept crying out, kept crying out. And Jesus stopped and, and said, call him. See, there's something about a cry uh, to God that gains his attention. And he stops and he listens. And they called the blind man saying to him, hey, take heart. <laughs> I guess good news for you. Get up. Jesus, he's calling you. And, and at this point, Bartimaeus, reminds me, he's, he's blind. He throws off his cloak as this symbol of leaving behind the past. And, and they called the blind man. And, 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 uh, and he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And then watch how Jesus responds to him here. Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Doesn't that seem pretty obvious? 
What do you think this man would want? It's kind of an odd question, and, and it seems like why would he even say that? But it's amazing, as you probably have experienced this in life, that not everybody wants to get healed of the issue that they're dealing with. They may complain about it, but do they really want to be healed? And so Jesus asked this question, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The fact you were crying out and you trusted and you knew and you believed in me as the Messiah, your faith has healed you. It's made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now, there are a lot of lessons in this particular passage, including it's interesting how this blind man was able to see who Jesus was, but yet all the religious leaders could not see who he was. So there's lots of lessons, but for our purposes, I want us to talk about uh, the most important factor for us here today, and that is that cry of Bartimaeus and what that means to us. Now, this was no ordinary cry. In fact, over the years, I've learned many different types of cries. And you probably have recognized these cries too. For example, there's a child's cry, specifically your child's cry, that every parent understands and knows, and it's very identifiable. You know what that is. There's a, a painful cry when you've been injured. You, you know the difference between that cry and the first, similar to the cry that I had when I had my collarbone broken. There's this whining cry. And when you don't get what you want, and I, I certainly know the difference when my children are hurting and when they're just whining, okay? And I think we all know the difference between a whining cry and a hurting cry. There is also a deep cry within the soul. When your hope is almost gone and you need help. See, it's the cry that occurs after you've done everything humanly possible to change your circumstances, but you still can't have it changed, but you can't do it. It's the cry when you hear from someone desperately needing healing. It's the cry of the broken. It's the cry of Bartimaeus. And it's the cry that we learn about in other parts of the Bible. For example, it's not just with Bartimaeus that we see this happening. Uh, if you go back to the Old Testament, when the Hebrews were in bondage in, in Egypt and they were in slavery, the, the word there in the Hebrew is called ze'ekah. This cry is a desperate plea for help. God save us from the hands of the Egyptians. It's that broken, desperate cry, ze'ekah. Zechah is also the cry in the judges. We see this cycle in the judges where when they rebel against God, God sends an enemy nation against them. And then they cry out, Zechah, for help in that helpless state that they were in. They need deliverance. It's the cry of Jairus in Luke chapter 8. When he came to Jesus and he fell on his knees and he was begging that, that Jesus would heal his daughter. It's the cry of the leper in Mark chapter 1 when, again, the leper came running up to Jesus, kneeling and imploring Jesus to clean him. See, that's the type of cry that we see here from Bartimaeus. There are all sorts of other examples, but when God hears this cry, he has compassion. Now, he may not deliver immediately in that moment like we see with Bartimaeus. 
But he hears the cry, and he will respond according to his purposes. But the key is this for us. When we talk about preparing the conditions for a miracle, okay, the key is, is this kind of cry needs to be let out from you. It's, it, it is that one, it's the one that is crying out in full surrender and, and complete dependence upon God. You see, that's what we're talking about. This is the type of cry in full humility. Because if there is one ounce of self-sufficiency, it's not the kind of cry we see here from Bartimaeus. Let me show you a key point here today. A humble cry seeking God's attention. It increases the potential of a divine intervention. So this humble cry where you're at your you have nothing else you can do, you're completely helpless. Not trusting in yourself, not trusting in anything else, but you're crying out to God that increases the potential of a divine intervention. Because one of the consistent conditions for miracles you see throughout scripture and as I studied and saw is that a humble cry of desperation rises to the ear of God. That's what we learn. But I want you to notice something else with me. Deliverance doesn't always come after the first cry. It doesn't always happen immediately. You got to remember Bartimaeus was blind for years. He probably cried out to God many other times. And even in that moment when he was crying out for Jesus' attention and they kept People trying to hush him down. He kept crying, kept crying, kept crying out. Often it takes more than just one desperate cry. The Hebrews, as we know back in Egypt, as I talked about, when they wanted that deliverance from the Egyptians. They cried out for years, but they weren't rescued after that first cry. David cried for years before he was delivered from Saul. All of them had to wait. On God, and maybe it was because they weren't fully desperate. And sometimes you're going to have to wait before your deliverance, too. And so you have to keep crying out, keep going, keep asking God for deliverance. As mentioned earlier, it's highly probable that you are in search of a miracle for your life. Maybe you're even losing hope at this point, and so your heart is aching. Was mentioned, um, I encourage you to take the posture of this blind beggar. Cry out to God in that brokenness that you have and ask Him to have mercy on you in this full abandonment and in, in full dependence. Plead to God for help. And let me tell you something when the outside voices start telling you, oh, God isn't listening. Or just hush, be quiet. Or that your situation is impossible. Why would he want to hear from you? If he really cared, he wouldn't have placed you in this position in the first place. And so they're telling you, stop crying out. So when those voices keep doing that, you keep crying out. Stop listening to those faithless voices and take the posture of Bartimaeus. It's humbling. I get that. And yes, it's awkward for a highly intelligent, rational individual like yourself to be dependent upon anything. I get that. 
but humility is the posture of honor before God. And, and it's the consistent pattern in Scripture that we see before a miracle occurs. See, one of our weaknesses of, to drawing near to God is that we're too self-dependent. And so it doesn't put us in that dire uh, dire situation or dire uh, mindset of, of really depending upon God. And that plays directly into the hand of Satan. When Satan can convince you that you don't really need God, because maybe you can depend upon yourself in some way, well, what you'll do, you won't turn to God. You won't turn to him in that crying out. In fact, one of the challenges uh, to our age of information and modern medicine and all this and technology, one of the challenges that we have is that we believe that human ability can overcome any issue. We turn to our mind instead of turning to God. And so instead of crying out to him, we cry out to mankind. We cry out to doctors. We cry out to therapists. We cry out to pastors, in which I can say all of them are there to help. That's not the issue here. But we often fail to cry out to God or we come to God last. But it should be the other way around. You should start with crying out to God and then get assistance from the others, okay? Because the cry was before the miracle took place. It was before then and it still is. Now I need to share another thing. One last thing before we start winding this down. This word crazo, the New Testament, this word for cry out, or as I said earlier, it means to scream. This word crazo, used by Bartimaeus, was also used by Jesus in many occasions, which makes it very interesting. In particular, when Jesus was teaching in John chapter 12, verse 44, the word is used there. Scripture teaches that Jesus cried out. Well, what did he cry out? you got to think, if he's, if he's screaming something out, this must be important. He was crying out, believe in me and the one whom he has sent. Boy, could you imagine Jesus crying this out? Often we see Jesus as being very reserved and just, believe in me and the one he's... But here's Jesus crying this out to people because of the urgency of the message, saying... Believe, but also we see he cried out this word crazo in, 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 in John chapter 7, verse 37. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Jesus is screaming out a plea. Come to me. In a sense, I want you to understand something. With this same intensity of Bartimaeus, could you visualize Bartimaeus crying out to Jesus as he's walking by? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, trying to get attention. That same intensity, Jesus is also crying out to you to turn to him, to trust him. Take a drink of who he is. But the question is, will you? What's holding you back? What's holding you back right now? Because if you truly are desperate, nothing will keep you from crying out. And you'll continue to do so as long as needed, just like we see from Bartimaeus here. Some of you, I get it, you're probably worn out. Maybe you've been crying out. And you're like, okay, this is great, but I've been crying out for a long time already. 
I encourage you, don't stop. And for those who have never truly cried out, but maybe throw a little hopeful prayer up in the air, but not really crying out, not really broken, maybe putting your faith a little bit more in what you see here on earth instead of really depending upon God in full abandonment. For those who have never truly cried out, Krazo or Zeekah, if you've never done that, if, if you're not willing to cry out in dependence, why should a miracle come your way? So here's what I'd ask you to do. Please see this. That is a, a cry, a krazo, a zeekah that often rises before a miracle comes. I'm going to ask you to do this. Bow your heads. This is important because some of you right now, I, I can tell you, right, you're ready to burst out and cry out to God because you recognize that's something I need to do. Do you need a divine touch from God? If so, cry out. Cry out as Bartimaeus did and as Jesus did to us when he said, believe in me. Cry out. And maybe you might not want to do it in this room, but maybe go get alone somewhere and just scream and cry out to God. There's no perfect words in this cry. I don't even know what to tell you to say. You just cry out. I can't promise that the second you do this, there's going to be this immediate change. But I'm encouraging you to keep doing it. And God will respond in his time. Some of you need to cry out for salvation. When he says, believe in me and the one whom you sit, maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never cried out to him. Today, I want to encourage you to cry out and say yes to Jesus and surrender to him. In just a moment, we stand to sing. We'll have prayer partners at every one of our tables. If it's time for you to put your faith in him and believe in him, will you not hesitate today and go to one of our prayer partners? And they'll be glad to tell you what's next. But morning thing, I just want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing this last song in just a moment. Some of you just need a prayer for the courage, for the, for the just letting go. Turning your cry up to God. So let me pray for you. Father, in this moment, oh Lord, we trust and we believe in who you are. We trust that you are the son of David, the Messiah, the miracle worker the Redeemer. And as you cried out to us to believe in you, we're crying out to you today in faith and full abandonment to come in, Lord, and, and heal situation for the one that's got an illness that seems there's no hope. I pray for that person. For the one who's in financial bondage and hurting and struggling. I cry out, Lord, heal that situation. For the one who is battling a relationship challenge, whether it be a marriage on the rocks or a struggle with, with, a, with a sibling or a parent or a child, I pray, God, in this very moment as we cry out to you, heal this situation. God, there are so many different ways that we could need miracles. So we cry out to you, the miracle worker, and trust you above everyone else. Oh, we're not going to leave. We're, we're still going to gain assistance from one another, but ultimately we cry out to you above everything. So at this time, Lord, I pray 
that you would touch each life right where we are, where we need miracles. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing us, and we trust you'll respond accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing. If you need to pray at the front and cry out to him, you do it. If you need prayer at any of the tables,